Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. It is February 3rd. This is the Fightful Wrestling Podcast. After WWE Monday Night Raw, we got lots of stuff up at Fightful. The John Moxley interview uh, is up. Check it out. It's all across uh, fightful.com our YouTube channel, all that good stuff. If you're watching live on YouTube, you can send a super chat tonight, get your question or statement read on the air. I answered about 140 of those questions over an hour on FightfulSelect.com's Q&A show this past week. Subscribe now. That's the most direct way to support us. But hey, there are plenty of ways. We got a Christopher Daniels interview this week, Kenny King interview this week that I really loved. Uh, lots of good stuff over at Fightful.com, plus all the latest wrestling news. But tonight I am joined by Denise Salcedo of InstinctCulture.com. Denise, how are you? What's up, guys? Happy Monday. And I can't believe you did 140 questions. That is insane. Yeah. So the, the original thing with that was when we had like 80 or 90 subscribers on Select, I was like, you know what? I'll answer as many questions as people send. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not ever going to stop doing that. No matter how long it takes, I think I'm just always going to do that. Because I think that's one of the best ways to grow Fightful Select as a service. Uh, I have to do something that maybe other people aren't doing. And I'll answer any question, as many as people send me, because I want them to get what they want out of this Fightful Select service. And that's the most direct way that I can think to do it. So, whoo, check that out, guys. We've got just a ton of stuff. Listing Your Boy was on Friday last week. So uh, make sure you guys check that out. That was a very interesting show. Uh, Jimmy Van made some great donations to uh, some of the Wigs for Kids and Wigs for Kids charities over the past week, as well as Elijah Burke's Love Alive charity. We'll talk more about that on Wednesday. But uh, if you're watching now, leave a thumbs up, subscribe, all that good stuff. We've got some super chats already, Denise. Uh, hey, by the way, I keep thinking that every time you turn around, I'm going to see your ponytail. Yeah. And I keep, I'm, every time you turn, I'm like, oh yeah, it's gone. <laughs> Oh yeah, I it was. Thinking I'm gonna see it. <laughs> so it was. It was funny. I I keep my Facebook very separate from like Twitter and all that stuff because it's mainly a personal thing. I don't post much wrestling stuff on there, or really like my Snapchat or anything like that. So I put up the pictures and stuff on Twitter and I think on Instagram too. But then I realized most of my friends, like in real life, are on Facebook. They didn't realize what I even looked like until today. So they had seen no. all they had seen all the hair stuff, but not this. So that was that was kind of funny. I didn't realize. Oh yeah, wait. I know all these people have me on Twitter, but nobody on my Facebook like follows me on Twitter. So wow. Now uh, Chris Ferris says, not sure if you guys knew, but there was a lot of snow in Salt Lake. You know, I might have heard of it, maybe not. <laughs> my God, man! It that's all they talked about today, and. It's, uh... There was like four mentions of that. I got it the first time, but I thought we kept getting it like over and over. I thought, man, this is a real big deal. Clearly yeah. a bigger deal than I expected. Yeah, but I had people in Salt Lake that were saying, oh, it's not that big of a deal. They did cancel school and all that, but 
I guess, I guess we'll see. Uh, I want to shout out our buddy Throwback27 in the chat. He, he's been awesome this past week. A, a lot of good deeds, a lot of good donations, uh, over the past week and wanted to, to give him a big thank you, uh, for that as well. Anakin JMT says Lawler has officially become the worst. The way he buried Rhea Ripley by not knowing who she was and suggesting she was beneath Charlotte. You do not bury a potential opponent for a Royal Rumble winner. It, it was a little weird. Like, I get it. She's a surprise on Raw, but Jerry Lawler should probably know her music. I mean, if he works for the company, that, that is a little bit weird. I don't know. The thing is, I tune him out so much that I couldn't tell if he buried her at all. Did you notice anything egregious? It's funny because I do that so many times, but every so often you do catch certain things. But when he was saying like, oh, you know, who is this or whatever, I kind of, I like, I didn't see it at the be in the beginning. I didn't see it as, oh, he doesn't know who she is. I thought he was doing it more as a way for like the raw audience. Like, oh my God, like who is this person? You know, try to make it a bigger deal. So that's how I saw it at first and then I think after that I just tuned out the rest of it but to me I didn't get it as oh hey he's just like trying to bury Rhea Ripley but I can see why people are saying that though because I think that people would have preferred a better response from him maybe something like oh this is Rhea Ripley she's been doing this this and that maybe name some of her accolades on NXT and why it should be a big deal to the raw audience versus instead of saying hey who is this person yeah, the thing, my, my only issue with that is she's been on Raw, she's been on SmackDown, she was standing tall at Survivor Series. Jerry Lawler should be like, oh, we know who this is because she dominated everybody for a week. She beat everybody. Uh, we also have a super chat from Eloquent. He says, I wish they could have waited until after Rhea versus Bianca Belair to start the Charlotte program took away some of the excitement. I agree. I really think Charlotte should have shown up on SmackDown and teased that she was challenging for that title. I think maybe even she should have teased the idea that she could have challenged for Asuka and Kyrie's titles. She really should have uh, even have her show up on NXT UK even and say, I might challenge for this one. And then after, after Rhea and Bianca, then she does it because I think this makes Rhea and Bianca a foregone conclusion now, Denise. I would have actually liked that Charlotte would just have just shown up to NXT without any sort of announcement, just kind of, you know, say exactly what she said today. Like, I've had the Raw Women's Bout. I've had the SmackDown Women's Championship. But, hey, you know, now let's do this. So I was kind of hoping that she would have done it that way instead of having it be the way that it was done today because I kind of felt like a little bit was taken away from the moment. But, I mean, it was still there because, honestly, today's crowd was really hot. Like, they were pumped and excited. They were booing for the right people. They were cheering for the right people. They knew what was up tonight. So I think either way it was still a cool moment, but I think it could have been a lot cooler. Yeah, I think that crowd was outstanding tonight. I really like that crowd. Rob Wilkins says, I enjoyed Raw. Sorry about his, fo- about his Photoshop. I guess I missed that one before I went on the air. He says, I have sources everywhere. I'm hoping I get suspended from WWE. I need a break. I've, I've enjoyed Raw lately. That's, that's the thing. 2020, somebody asked me to rank the wrestling shows and I had Raw at number one for 2020, at least January 2020. And that's weird for me to think that each week I look forward to Raw. I will say this ahead of time, Denise. It really seems like they 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 loaded this Raw. Like, return, debut, return, debut, surprise, surprise. It seemed like they did that. I, I hope This, this that, Raw went really fast. Yeah. Like, really fast. I hope that they still have some of this stuff for the coming weeks. Because if they're going to do all this in one week, I, I wish they would kind of spread it out. But let's... Let's go ahead and talk about this show. We get an outstanding video package to recap the Edge Randy Orton situation. If you guys haven't seen it, um, at, due to some pretty high demand, we isolated one of Alex Pawlowski's sour graps clips from behind the Fightful Select paywall on YouTube. He was in love with this skit. If Alex is happy about anything, you know we gotta make it a free preview clip. He was talking about how great this all resonated. One week later, how do you feel about that angle, Denise? Okay, so right away when I was watching uh, this video package, I got re-interested in everything that was happening 
almost as if I hadn't already seen it. Like if I didn't already know what was happening. And I thought to myself, if I was a casual viewer, if I was just somebody hanging out, watching Raw with somebody else or whatever, if I saw this, I would be immediately interested and intrigued in the story between Edge and Randy Orton because it's a good story. And I just really liked how they kicked off Raw with this video package because it felt important. It felt and it felt serious, which to me is one of the things that a lot of storylines are lacking is the the serious aspect of it, you know? Yeah, this had so much emotion to it, Denise. They played it off so well. Oh my gosh, I just, I love this. I dug it. Randy Orton came out to the ring and he played his role perfectly, Denise. My God, this guy. You know, you always hear people say, oh, if you could build a wrestler in a lab and Jeremy Lambert, our lead wrestling writer, host of the Distraction Podcast, Thursday, 7 p.m., always says, your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler is Randy Orton. And that's that's what you always hear. <laughs> People always talk about just how natural he is and how great he is. And there are times when when WWE books him and you're like, really? Is he is he that good? Because they, they don't put him in necessarily things that are too interesting. Because the guy's done almost everything. But damn... Damn, did you see it here, Denise? He comes. He got so many boos. Holy dang. He, he just knows how to do it and he didn't say a thing. And there are just a few people. You saw it with Roman Reigns after he beat The Undertaker. There are those people that can just feel the crowd. And like when he comes to the ring and the crowd's already booing him, Denise, mm -hmm. and he like looks at the corner like, am I ready for the reaction I'm going to get when I climb up this corner? And he does it anyway. Oh. You know what was making me mad, too? I was thinking to myself, Randy Orton knows that this is a three-hour show. He can go out there and take his time. I, one of the things I wrote down on my notes was, boy, is this dragging. Because for a moment, I was like, okay, that's it. I'm ready for Randy Orton to speak. But see, that's the thing. He was taking that extra long pause. Nobody People are always afraid to take that extra pause. They say in acting class, they say that when you have a moment of silence, a moment where you're pausing, when you think you've paused too long, don't stop. Keep that pause going even longer. And that was one of the things that I noticed right off the bat with this segment was Randy Orton really, really stretched this out. And I mm -hmm. think like I was angry personally for those reasons. The crowd was angry. So he was sort of getting all of that into one. And my favorite thing about this was that afterwards he didn't say anything but here's the thing i am happy that he didn't say anything because i rather have him say nothing than too much of nothing yes there you, there you go that's one of the, the strengths they played to with roman reigns it's not often he comes out there and says too much like he used to he's not trying to rah rah everybody and it's funny you mentioned that about like acting classes in wrestling school they'll say hey if you think you're going too slow slow down some more and Randy Orton came out there and said that he thought he owed everybody an explanation and then said he couldn't do this. The heat here is off the charts. It was so good. I've been watching Randy Orton now for almost 18 years, Denise, and about 17 of those, 16, 17 of those have been near the top. Since evolution, he's been involved in top angles. He's been in stables. He's been in a few tag teams, not a ton, so I would like to see that explored. But he's been a singles babyface, a singles heel, a tweener. He's done, fa he's led factions. He's been the young guy in the faction. He's been the guy to break away from the faction. And they found something. They found something and the right performers in Edge and Randy Orton. Oh, goddamn, I love this. This was amazing. I, I can't yeah, that say, was good. Uh, like, I, I can't say enough good things about this. I'm wondering how they're going to follow this up, though. Like, how are they going to keep the momentum lasting if the plan is WrestleMania? If the plan is WrestleMania, which I'm assuming, uh, I'm wondering how they're going to stretch this out for a while to sort of, you know, keep it hot. And, you know, they're going down the right path right now. So I'm really hoping that momentum stays. And and I, I'm hoping that every crowd after this takes notes from tonight's crowd yeah. to, you know, really play the part and, you know, boo when you're supposed to, cheer when you're supposed to yeah I, I've, I've got an interview with gregory iron who's a wrestler with cerebral palsy who a lot of times plays a heel and he we talk about like 
his preference when he's playing a heel, but people appreciate his work. He was like, you know, sometimes I'd rather they would boo me if they really appreciate my work. Then they they boo me and they they help me in that regard instead of being like yeah so I hope that does happen. Uh, my IRL best friend Corey Cropper, aka Nikita Krylov fan, says it's been a minute. Here's five bucks. You all keep up the good work. I appreciate that. Uh, me and him are going to hit up the. I think there's a big toy store in Lexington, a toy headquarters that. Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins went to. We're going to film some some stuff there, hopefully. Oh, nice. So I was told, Denise, that when Hawkins and Ryder went there, just, just tweeting the picture, it drove so much business there, they had to hire people to work. Are at you this, serious? Yeah. And, um, like, they in the mornings following when Hawkins and Ryder would release their stuff, because it gets hundreds of thousands of views, like, they would have lines waiting to open up. Like, that's... That's pretty awesome. Like we, there was once upon a time we were going to do a Friday show before SmackDown was on Fridays, and it was going to be a revolving show. One week would be about wrestling figures, one about wrestling video games, one about wrestling merch, and one about title belts. Hawkins and Ryder started their action figure podcast, and I listened to it, and I was like, "We can't do better than this." So I'm just not doing it. Like it's it's so good. Uh, it's so- interesting too because you know I'm personally not a toy fan, but. I'm very, very surprised at how big of a community and of a fandom there is for, you know, for toys and action figures and all of that stuff. And I just think it's so cool, though, that there's people out there that collect these things and know about these things and have all of this information. Like, for me, it's something cool to just learn. So I think that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Throwback 27. I mean, coming through again with another $100 super chat. My God. My God. This. This dude is, I'm telling you, throwback. If you got something you want me to, to, to plug, like on the show, feel free. Hit me up. Let me know any information. Uh, you've, you've you need paid... his birthday. You need his birthday for oh, like yeah. a birthday shout out or something. Oh gosh. Yeah. Beyond that, anything that guy ever needs, we got him covered. He says, with the nuclear heat Randy got, reminded me when Roman got it. Do you think the Brock and Ricochet uh, result was kind of predictable? Because of the two low blows they gave Brock, one being at the Rumble. Uh, I do think it was a little predictable, but I'm okay with that because it is a placeholder until WrestleMania. That's the thing. It's a placeholder until WrestleMania, and it's got a little bit of story behind it because of the two interactions that they've had in the past. What do you think, Denise? So one of the things that I wrote down for this was that Obviously, this is going to be a fun match because we know Brock Lesnar with little guys that are that are athletic. You know that they're going to have a very fun match. And come on, that's something that they're going to want to showcase in Saudi Arabia. You know, all the kids out there in the crowd, they're going to get excited seeing something like this. And, you know, why waste a challenger when, again, it's a placeholder for for the Super Showdown? So, hey, go for it. I thought this was awesome. Kevin well, La- I, I think the announcement of the match was awesome. Yeah. Kevin Langhoff says Edge should disguise himself as a cameraman and hit Randy with the camera. Sorry, nostalgia. I- I'm open to Edge pulling out some of his old tricks and using them modern day. I would, I think that would be great. Midas, Midas, wow, because clearly the nostalgia is working. Yeah. Eloquent says, wasn't SmackDown supposed to be the new A show? Seems like the Paul Heyman investment paid off for Raw. Yeah, and we're talking about Paul Heyman turning a three-hour show into a good show. On SmackDown, we got dog food matches. This makes me sad. Yesterday when I was watching the Super Bowl and all the heavy push that there was for SmackDown, I think I saw maybe three SmackDown ads. And my aunt, who's not a wrestling fan whatsoever, she was like, yeah, I see this ad every Sunday. I know about SmackDown. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God. And if they only knew that you would expect that show to be the show. It's it's astonishing to me, really. Anakin says, I think Throwback has probably donated enough money for that top Fightful Select tier. Fly him out to Toronto. Not quite that much. That was uh, almost a sarcastic tier. It's funny. I actually talked to Justin Roberts about one of those. I I meant to bring it up on the Backstage Report podcast. We'll talk about it on Listen, Your Boy. But uh, another one of Throwback's questions was, Ruby and Liv Morgan, what would they pay, what would the payoff be since Becky has the title? I mean, ultimately, Becky is the champ, and she's gonna be the top name on Raw for quite a while by the looks of it, but 
Let's go ahead and get into this and we'll kind of talk about that. Liv Morgan defeated Lana again. I do not know why they needed this rematch. Uh, Liv won convincingly. Early on, they did botch a spot and it's where Lana's pretending she's hurt and Liv walks over to her and Lana pulls her into the ropes. And I'm thinking, am I supposed to be mad about that? Like, is that a heel move? Because it's completely legal. The babyface was just too dumb to and fell for it. Like, it ain't illegal to run your opponent into the ropes. It's completely fine. And then Liv won the same way she did last week. I, I just would have rather this been somebody else. But uh, And I'll, I'll be saying that again on this show. I, I guess it's okay since they had some history, but Liv's won both times. What would you think of this? I almost think they just needed some sort of thing to get Ruby out there. Maybe they couldn't come up with a different way. So, hey, let's have a rematch and then we'll have her come out and they could do their thing and go from there. Uh, I was excited to see Ruby Riot come out. I thought that was, that was fun. You know, kind of like you said, uh, at this point, we didn't know that we we're going to be having all of these surprises, et cetera. Uh, but I, I almost think that. They should have let, uh, Liv and Ruby do their thing again. Like, I don't understand why they couldn't, you know, sort of come back together, especially because Liv really has nothing right now because this Lana thing isn't really anything. So that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, it was just like, okay, they've got history. They faced each other last week. Yeah. I don't need to see a bunch of rematches, but what I do need to see is Ruby Riot. And God, I've missed her. She hasn't been, she hasn't wrestled on WWE TV since last April. So we're talking about almost a year, nine and a half, 10 months. Now, when I would get my eyes on the internal injury reports from WWE, it always listed her as like January 2020. It, It was very clear they wanted her back around the time of the Royal Rumble. And she's back. And all three Riot Squad members are on Raw, but. They're all doing way different things, if anything. I well, lo- also, that was one of the things that Liv mentioned in that video, that she wasn't going to be the same person that she was before, so it wouldn't have made sense for her to go back to what she was doing prior because she said this. Well, they tell- you know, if we're, if we're yeah. going based off of this, of what we're hearing. They telegraphed the hell out of this. I mean, you knew from the moment she showed up she was going to attack Liv Morgan. I don't think that predictable is a bad thing if it's good. And we're talking about the payoff. It's what Throwback had mentioned in his question. I I just think it's personal rivalry. I don't think a title will be associated. Wouldn't mind seeing them tag a couple of the girls up because they need more tag teams. But if I were Ruby Riot, I would say, you know what? I gave you everything that you had and her take it a little bit personally that Liv wanted to break away because – Liv wasn't on TV without Ruby Riot. Ruby Riot was the reason that she got on TV. And as soon as she got hurt, none of the girls were on TV. How do you think they're going to play this out? That would be a good way to go about it because there, at least it gives them something to say, hey, this is the reason why I'm pissed. And also it moves away from the Liv Lana situation. So at least we're starting, we're going to start steering towards a different direction. And I think this is what Liv needs. And it's, you know, it's going to be kind of cool because, uh, you know, Liv is, you know, sort of embracing this new edgier character. At least this is what we're sort of getting from it. So to sort of see them do something like this and kind of get the, the camera moving towards somebody else, somebody fresh, especially for the female talent, I think this would be a very, very interesting thing if they keep pushing forward with it. As far as the payoff, I just think, I think probably the one who wins might be in line for Becky because Becky's beaten a lot of people on this roster and we'll, we'll get to that later, but man. She needs some fresh opponents. Yes. Some very fresh opponents. We're, and, we're starting to get cycled here. And Ruby and Liv are both very fresh because Ruby's had all that time off. People don't necessarily remember that she got beat by Becky in a few minutes before she left. It is fresh. It is new. And Liv is completely new. I mean, her in this role, she's winning matches, so that's cool. I'll tell... Oh, by the way, after this, Lana picks up the scraps and does a face buster. I would have liked to have seen Ruby do something besides that STO trip. Like, even even in judo where the trip comes from, it's not that violent of a trip. It's like a really lame back wheel trip. She, I, I hope she does something different. I'll tell you something else I didn't quite understand. Mojo Raleigh coming out. He's got his offensive lineman, Riddick Moss. 
and he gets destroyed by Drew McIntyre. Now, Drew's the guy. You put him over, no questions asked. But you, why, why use the 24-7 champion here? And what's the point of the 24-7 title if it's not going to be on the line in an actual match? Why... Why not just use Riddick Moss here? Also, why wouldn't anybody come out and try to win the title after this? There's like a hundred guys on the roster. Not even that you didn't have to do this. And I had somebody say, well, he's big like Brock Lesnar. Riddick's big too. Titus O'Neil is big too. Have him kick one of them in the face. I just didn't understand this. Also, they definitely should have had a situation where R-Truth was hiding in the snow and tried to win the title as much as they brought up that snow. I'll say this. Drew says he's going to Claymore Mojo three seconds after he drops the mic. He does that. But I just think this should have been Riddick Moss, not Mojo Raleigh. It was, well, it was so weird. I know. I could. I totally get that point. But it's just kind of like, hey, if they're going to they're gonna do any sort of special segment for the 24-7 title like they normally do, then, hey, throw them into this random match and have them beat them have uh have them get beat etc but yeah it doesn't it kind of feels like they're doing something with mojo and then they bring him back down and then they bring him back up and then they bring him back down and you know he's only gonna get so far but i thought this was hilarious especially when drew uh when he cut his promo but then at the end where he kind of goes oh i forgot that you were here it was just little things where i just thought to myself man drew mcintyre really has this down he knows what he's doing he's really playing his part he's getting people to you know cheer him laugh with him and you know really see him as that cool baby face that everybody wants to be best friends with um they're really getting over the claymore kick which was which is awesome so i think that everything that they're doing right now with drew mcintyre is just working flawlessly but um what else did i want to add about this i just i thought this was good i mean aside for the fact that this was happening to mojo raleigh aside from him in the perspective of drew mcintyre this was great yeah uh it's just i when that 24-7 title got debuted, they got so lazy with it. And I'm just thinking, like, have it on somebody else. Or have somebody at least pick up scraps here. Or just do it to Riddick Moss. I just feel like they could have... And then next I week... The, I don't get the Riddick Moss thing. I'm sorry. But since last week, it's been pointless. And this week, I don't, I don't even think I really even noticed. I think I saw him for like a second. I don't even know if I've been focused on him during the show at all. I feel bad, but it's just not coming together. Yeah, and the thing is, like when... If they were going to do this match, I would have rather them done it without the title because it didn't make any sense for the title to not be on the line unless they say Drew McIntyre... Asked for it to not be on the line. Oh my gosh. It's like, to me, the only thing is just that, to me, it's a, like a silly title. It doesn't really mean anything. So that's why I don't really like think to myself, oh, this should have been on the line or not should have been on the line or why didn't these people come out? Cause I'm like, everybody knows that it's just like a, like just something for them to have. But it shouldn't to be. To add another segment. Right. It, it shouldn't be. That's what I'm, it shouldn't be, yeah. but it is. Reminder, guys, donate a super chat. If you're watching live on YouTube, you will uh, get your question or statement read on the air. We are on podcast platforms everywhere, though. Elimination match, AOP and Buddy Murphy defeated Kevin Owens and the Viking Raiders. I would love to see a situation where they kind of run this one back with a tables match. I, I At first, I was like, oh, they should do that tonight instead because it would be a crowd pleaser. But then when I saw how this was booked, I understood why they didn't. Uh, the, the promo from the Messiahs, and I guess what they're called, the Disciples of the Messiahs now. Seth Rollins seems pleased he's in a top contender match tonight, but I thought him being out there for this match made it seem a lot more important. The fact that he was out there a couple hours before his match, it made it all seem like I, like, hey, I should be watching. This guy is, is there when he's got something important going on. I thought that added a lot, Denise. It really did because he's out there and he's trying to pump up his guys. You know, he's getting really emotional, emotionally invested. Uh, every bad thing that happens, he reacts. Every good thing, he he acts like it's, you know, it's what's supposed to happen. Uh, I wrote that down right away that he added a lot of value to this match. Um, but the one thing that I really enjoyed about this is the fact that Kevin Owens is consistently getting over 
each and every week more than you thought that he could have because every time you think, hey, he's over enough. Nope, next week there he goes and they have him over again. He's actually been, uh, I think, for what he's doing, he's been booked pretty well in this. So I do uh, like how they're doing all of this. And I liked how they ended up working this match out where it ended up being uh, Kevin Owens essentially against three. So that was that was um, cool. I thought this was honestly, this was a fun match from start to finish. This was probably the best one of the night. I loved this match. The Viking Raiders got taken out uh, pretty early. Because Seth Rollins helped cheat and hit the stomp on him, or at least what looked like a stomp. The camera zoomed in on his ankle bone. So I'm not, you know, I, I could go without that. But this this got Eric pinned, and then Ivar gets pulled from the match, Denise, due to an injury. And Kevin Owens is all alone again. So they, they've turned that, that accident from last week into kind of like a recurring story where Owens has got to battle this out on his own. He gets worked over, battles back in dramatic fashion, and the crowd was so into this. I can't remember the last time WWE had this many really over baby faces with Joe, Owens, McIntyre, who aren't the guy, but at least right now, but are super over. They're, they're, that's a good place to be. It's not easy to get those baby faces over, but Owens And does. they're all doing something different. Yeah, yeah. Owens beats Buddy Murphy with a pop-up powerbomb and Akum with a stunner. Rollins slaps Razor around outside to encourage him, and uh, he ends up winning with a spine buster. This was good stuff, and Kevin Owens is out there waiting after this and gets a great ovation from the crowd. This this was just good emotion, good work, good excitement. It, it carried over the story after they had to pivot a little bit after what happened with Joe last week. I I, I really like this, Denise. I'm also glad that they didn't give Kevin Owens the win because that could have been like the predictable. Oh, he took down all three men. Yep. He did it. Here's his win. No, the fact is that it took nothing away from the fact that Kevin Owens lost because, hey, he was clearly, you know, up against all odds here. And hey, we want to keep pushing, you know, uh, the AOP and Seth, and I'm sorry, Buddy Murphy and, and, and Seth Rollins as, you know, these really, really bad guys. So clearly they needed this victory in, in the way that they got it. And so I really liked how the finish worked out in the whole match, and it's all in its all in its entirety. Yeah, this this was just well played stuff. Well played stuff. Uh, Alistair Black defeated Eric Young. Eric gets a little offense, but loses pretty quickly. Black Mass. Uh, Alistair Black talks some gibberish after this match. Okay, I, I really wish they'd just consolidate this feud into the Eric Rowan thing. Just have them fight or something. It kind of feels like there's a big disconnection right now with Alistair Black's character where I feel like he's treading the line between heel and babyface where I don't even know what's happening anymore. Uh, his post-match promo, I understood half of that. Uh, it, it's just there's right now there's no reason for me or for anyone to care about this guy. Right now he is just a guy. There's nothing else behind him. There's no momentum. There's no storyline. Uh, I think something needs to happen because he can only be beating up random guys or jobbers every now and then. Like we got to give him something here. Well, if you want to give the special person in your life something here, check out our friends at bluechew.com. Whether it's, uh, you know, prelim work, the main event, or you're trying to throw your black mass around, bluechew.com can help you get it done. You use that code FIGHTFUL, you get it free. It's got the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works, but it works on your schedule. You don't have to schedule a doctor's appointment. You don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy. It's prescribed online by Blue Chew affiliated physicians and shipped straight to your door. Discreet packaging. There'll be nothing discreet about your package when you use BlueChew.com and the code FIFA. You can take it anytime you want. Full or empty stomach. It's ready when you are. Even better when she or he is. You know, whatever. BlueChew.com, code Fightful. I mean, there, there there were times on this show where I was just awaiting someone ripping off their pants. And when that happens, you don't want there to be a disappointment. BlueChew.com, code Fightful. Make sure that disappointment doesn't happen. 
hit them up. Let them know about, let them know you heard about them from us. Just pay $5 shipping. It happened, Denise. They did it. What do you mean? They what, Angel, where are we going? They for? brought Angel oh, Garza oh, in. Okay, here we go. I was like, what do you mean they did it? What they did? They ruined Umberto. He's done. I thought that's what you were talking about when you said they did it. Well, that too. Because I mean, they did the, Umberto. They did the <laughs> one thing that could make him halfway interesting. But the unfortunate aspect of this is the entire Angel Garza debut introduction felt like they were just killing time. Holy crap. They had Zelina come out and cut a long promo. They had Angel Garza cut a long promo. She says Humberto messed with her business. It was a time killer. And the whole time I'm just thinking, take your pants off, Garza. Vince is going to love it. Okay, I actually liked the promo and all of the whole from the since the second they came down and Zelina's talking and they come through. I actually liked all of that. Uh I think it was I I personally liked it because for one, I wasn't expecting Garza to come out there. Uh two, I liked the reasoning as to why she, Zelina said like, "Oh, you know, you take out Andrade or whatever." And so I'm bringing I'm bringing your cousin out, and I like the fact that they made it into like this family thing where you know um, where Garza's telling him like you know I'm the leader of the family this and that. I actually liked all of that interaction, and then afterwards everything just kind of like went downhill from there though. But I did feel bad for Umberto the second this happened because I thought to myself, you know, everybody's we've been talking about the fact that we we know that Garza is the stronger of the two. We know that Umberto hasn't necessarily been booked the way that he should be. So nobody wants to have the version of somebody the version of themselves that they other people think is better standing right next to you so that people can easily compare and contrast. And nobody wants that, and they did that with Umberto. And this whole segment easily made Umberto be casted away to the side. So it just seems like that's it for him. Reality of the situation is this should have been the case in the top contender match. He should have been just gone then. They did not need to bring him back and do – the Andrade match with him. They didn't need to do that. He should have went back to NXT. He could have teamed with Garza there, and they could have fine-tuned him. I thought the introduction of Garza, if they would have cut like a solid minute off the promo between he and Zelina, maybe 90 seconds, and just made it a little more concise, it would have hit a lot harder. Now, he lays out Carrillo, attacks him, and Ray makes the save. Um, But... I'll let the promo go because they brought up Garza, but Humberto is booked like an absolute pud. That guy just all the time. Hey guys, what's up? I'm here to get (laughs) another concussion. I hope nobody beats me up. And they have went back to this spot like six or seven times on the floor. (sighs) I'm so ready for that spot to be done. Like this, this is not the tombstone in AAA wrestling in 1993-94 with Eddie Guerrero and Art Barr and Octagon and El Hijo del Santo. This ain't that. This it, It's getting over. It got Garza over tonight, but it's starting to get a little too much. Um, this match between Ray and Garza was a lot slower pace than I expected. This match was not good. No. It was not good. What? This is what I didn't like. What I didn't like is that, you know, they say you have one shot to make a first impression. They made Garza into every other heel that they have on the roster. He worked the exact same way. He didn't do anything different that the fans, they didn't, that the fans would see him and think, hey, oh, this guy, this guy is somebody that I should be taking an interest in. No, because he was doing everything else that every other bad guy does. And so he just easily looked like a placeholder for Andrade. And I thought they could have done some, let him do something a little bit different so that maybe he can stand out a little bit more. Uh, he did get some nice booze at the end, but how far will that go with that? Um, with that, uh, he did come in with a lot of swagger, a lot of confidence, uh, a lot of charisma at the beginning. So I think that will continue having, uh, continue pushing him forward, but it really did seem sort of like a placeholder position for him. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. And like I said, the pace 
And like you said, he worked the same as everybody else. And that's not what make Gars, makes Garza special now. Unfortunately for him, legitimately, him taking his pants off is what makes him special. <laughs> and it got snagged a little bit. And my fear is like, I don't want Vince having him trip over his own pants backstage and all that stuff. If he would have had the right pant removal, Vince would have been like, God damn, pal! <laughs> he would have loved it. Um, Garza <laughs> took control after some knees and misses a moonsault. I'll tell you a spot I did love in this match. Mysterio did the Canadian Destroyer and Garza sold it into the 619 and he didn't, like he didn't kick out of a Canadian Destroyer because I hate that. I hate that. I think you've got to protect some moves and that's one of them. That way when you do then people are like, holy crap, look at that. Uh, but instead Zelina attack or distracts Ray. Angel hits him with a DDT on the exposed floor and they, he got a good reaction. He got a good reaction after that as you mentioned. We just got to see if it's sustained and, and what that means. Is he going to face Carrillo next week? Probably. Our uh, United States champion has been suspended for 30 days due to a wellness violation. <laughs> oh, man, And by the way, I, I've heard the rumors that there are more coming, guys. I've asked. I've, I've sent in some requests. I, I don't have any information on that yet. I'll work to find out. Uh, WDB not, <laughs> not thrilled with the sheets of late, to say the least. Uh, Charlotte Flair comes out, teases who she'll taste or face for the title. She's held all the gold, says she's a 10-time champion, says she's beaten Bailey, she's beaten Becky, and she heard the crowd chanting for Rhea Ripley, but then Rhea Ripley comes out and challenges her. Uh, Charlotte will not answer her, but uh, they are sending Charlotte to NXT this week. What do you think I like about how, this? I like how now it's a whole three-week-long decision for Charlotte. Yeah. Last week, she was supposed to make this decision. Uh, this week, she was supposed to make her decision. Now, next week, she's going to come out and address yes. and make her decision. So uh, that's been heavy. I mean, it's definitely looking like they're going the route the fans want to see. So I'm very, very happy and ecstatic for that reasoning. Uh, this moment was nice. I, like I mentioned earlier, they could have done it a little bit differently but it's fine as long as they're doing it i'm happy so far with the direction that this is going in and i'm also happy that we're going to be sh uh, seeing charlotte on nxt because hey it's going to get some more eyeballs down to the, down at the product down to the product oh, yeah I, I wasn't keen on lawler going who's this when her music hit didn't like him calling angel garza angel garcia either jesus did Christ. He really i did not catch yeah. that yeah he oh, did that's bad I like Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. That is a fresh matchup. A fresh, fresh matchup. I'm, I'm down for this. I'm down for this and I think Rhea Ripley needs to win it too. I think they need to establish Rhea Ripley is just as good as Sasha, Bailey, Becky, Charlotte. Cause those are the four they've really hinged on. Occasionally they'll rock with Alexa, Carmella, Naomi, Nia Jax, but Everybody has known who the pillars are and who WWE views as such. I think you got to establish another one. And, of course, Rousey, but she's not there anymore. Right. And I don't think Charlotte would get that pop anymore. You know, the, oh, my gosh, she's champion now, pop. Yeah. I, I think it's been, it's been there, done that, applaud, move on. Yeah, I, I did like Rhea Ripley showing up. I, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, you complained about the brand split and stuff. I don't have a much, as much of a problem when there's something like Charlotte Flair having the ability to cross brands. When you give me a reason or an excuse, I'm, I'm okay with that. Asuka defeated Natalia. Boy, this, they slugged it out on this one. Jesus Christ. I liked watching them scrapple around for a little bit. And Natalia screamed, you want to shoot on me? So I, I don't have a damn clue whether or not they were getting really snug with each other and having some issues, or if they wanted us to think so. But I enjoyed it. I hope this eventually leads to a Divas of Doom Kabuki Warriors match, but they're working pretty stiff, hard kicks, hard punches. Asuka kicked Natalia right in the goddamn head. And Natalia turned a guillotine into a deadlift vertical suplex that I really liked. Natalia has the sharpshooter on and won't let go when Asuka gets to the ropes. And then we get the, the dumb babyface spot. Natalia gets distracted and tapped out due to an Oscar lock. How'd you feel about this one? A little bit different than what we usually see. 
And I'm glad because I like that, you know, that hard hitting style. And this is, you know, something that we need to keep pushing forward, especially for the women's division. Show them what they can do. And obviously you have the two right people in the ring doing that with Natty and Asuka. So, hey, good match. Uh, the finish was just okay. Uh, it wasn't anything special, but it was an overall good thing. I liked it. I liked the fact that, uh, that, uh, that they called that. Oscar called out Becky. I liked how all of that played out and Becky comes out with so much swag and, you know, she's always just looking so cool. So I really liked how all of that played out. Yeah, I did too. Um, at least as far as the match went, the Becky stuff, I had a couple issues with it. Becky comes out and she's got her neat little sunglasses on. Sure. But she's like, I've got superpowers now and says that she wants to face Asuka again. I love they're doing the match next week. I love that they're doing it on Raw. Why not? Okay, I'm not big on rematch, 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 but this one, alright, sure. But she, they, they make Kyrie look like a joke so often. They just make her look like a crony so much. And her saying, ah, see, I've got eyes in the back of my head. I was just like, meh, meh. Yeah. She's such a better promo than that. Such a better promo than that. Uh, but what do you think about the idea of having her facing uh, Asuka next week on Raw? I I don't mind it. Hey, it's going to be a good Raw match. Gives us something to look forward to. Uh, I think I mentioned that for the Royal Rumble. I thought it was just there. I didn't, wasn't really hyped up about it. I wasn't really hyped up about it prior to the Rumble. And then even after that, I, it was just kind of like there for me. So it just kind of continues that. Our boy Throwback sent in another $100 super chat. My God. He's trying to push us towards profitability solo, I think. He says, do you think Seth's new faction is almost the second coming of the Ministry of Darkness? I I don't think so because when you had the Ministry of Darkness, you did have The Undertaker who, if you're comparing him in a leadership role to Seth Rollins, yeah. But AOP, I think, are still going to be pretty well protected. And Buddy Murphy is going to be the guy taking the pins, but he's going to be the super worker there. In ministry, you had Edge Christian and Gangrel who branched out after like two months. They they pieced out in April. They were done after a couple months. But you had Midian and Viscera who were just absolute jobbers. Just jobbers. And you had Bradshaw and Farouk who were kind of protected. You could kind of put them in that AOP role. Because they had established runs before this, and AOP didn't really have established runs, but they were trying to set up Bradshaw and Farouk as, uh, as, as a dominant tag team, and they did that. So in that sense, yes, but I don't think the ministry quite had their buddy Murphy in that regard, but I do see some of the parallels. Uh, he also says, do you think the US, North American, and Intercontinental title could be cross-branded? I do think they could. I don't think they will. What do you think about the idea that making some of these titles floating, Denise? Uh, between brands? Yes. I don't like it. I think you gotta have something special for each show. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a fan of having things divide, like having yeah. things divided. I like, you know, the division aspect of, of things. And so I personally would rather have it stay because I think once you start getting about going from here, here to there. I think things are just going to get messy, and then we're going to end up with a a bigger version of the 24-7 bout, where it's just all over the place. Yeah, I'm okay with 24-7 being cross-branded. I'm okay with uh, women's tag titles being cross-branded, because there there were rules established as such. But there's enough titles on each brand. WWE has maybe too many titles at this point. They've got a lot of them. Uh, it's just... I would like some parity there, a little bit of difference there, and a little bit of separation. Uh, it's they've, – they've got enough titles. But uh, yeah. spe- speaking of titles, top contender match, Ricochet defeated Lashley and Seth Rollins. Ricochet goes wild in this, hits dives everywhere. Then the Messiah's Disciples come out and attack Lashley and Ricochet. Uh, Owens and Viking Raiders make the save though. Back from the commercial, Lashley does a couple of spine busters. And we see one of the weirdest looking towers of doom ever, but the crowd loved it. Then Ricochet hits a 630 and wins. Your thoughts on this match? 
this was a fast match. It was a lot faster than mm-hmm. I expected it to be. Uh, they had some good moments in there, but again, a lot faster than I expected it. Uh, my favorite part was actually the end when Brock Lesnar just comes storming out there, <laughs> heavy, loaded, pissed, really angry, and he comes out and basically just tears, tears put. Ricochet, well, poor guy. It's because they had a hard out so time. Well. They had a hard out time for 11 p.m. That's why Brock came. And he made it right on the dot, didn't he? He sure did. He's a pro. He darted out there. He looks like he's about to try out for an XFL team and hit that F5 and got the hell off the air. Professional Brock Lesnar. That was good. Yeah. I liked that, especially because I didn't expect him to even come out and do this and take notice. Uh but I just kept thinking to myself, poor Ricochet, but because, you know, he didn't have any sort of moment or anything like that. But I did like how this all played out. I thought it was nice. So I, you know, I, I saw a lot of people bring it up on on uh, Twitter, but I haven't checked myself. But it, it looks like Brock's been on every Raw of 2020. That's, what, that's like five Raws? That's more than what we usually get out of him, and I yeah. dig it. Good. That's that's my problem with Brock is that he's not on the shows, and I want and him, he's so good when he's on. It's yeah. not like he's not good. I want him to be on the program. I want the title to be important. If it's important, it's there. And I know a lot of people say, "Well, UFC titles are defended every few months." Yeah, but that's UFC. They don't have weekly TV. By the way, uh, I got my UFC 247 John Jones versus Dom Reyes preview up tomorrow. Doing a watch along or a post show this Saturday. Come check it out. But Brock is really good. The reason he gets paid so much, the reason people tune in to watch him is because he's good. And not everybody will agree with that, but I've liked seeing him on the show every week. It doesn't make him seem any less special to me, Denise. I know, and he has, you know, small moments here and there. He's not even taking over the whole show where he's out in every segment. He comes out, he has his moment, and then that's it. And I like it. It's fun. Uh, he's been doing a lot of funny, uh, funny comedic stuff that we've talked about the whole thing with our, with our truth. That was funny. And then, uh, so there's been a bunch of little moments here and there that have been enjoyable. And, and I'm wondering, like, if that's going to keep going or maybe it's just going to be from now until WrestleMania. Yeah, um, I think, Denise, what we're going to do is have you kick Brock in the balls. That way you'll get a WWE title shot. <laughs> that's that's the rule. That's how you do it. That's how you secure yourself a title shot. Uh, also, it was announced that uh, – oh, wait, but a super chat from Chris Ferris. He says, free money because Denise's face, whenever you start the Bluetooth ads, is always a mix of, oh, God, here we go again with this crap. No, no, I'm sorry. I don't know what face to make. I love and I it. think I overthink my face. That's the problem. <laughs> That's the problem. I overthink my face. Like, Story I want to make life. sure I'm happy and supportive and get blue chew. <laughs> but I don't know what face to make. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, I don't want to like barge in on your like brilliant no, you I, know, I love promo. It. So I let you do your thing, and I don't want anyone to focus on me. Like I love it. Do, you do you. Nobody pay attention to my face. One of my favorites is when I segued into more and just went, "Oh God!" Like no, he was that's so disappointed because I never know when it's coming. See, I don't think <laughs> well, my facial expressions are reading off my true emotions. Yeah. So my true emotions inside are different from what you guys are seeing with my face. <laughs> I that overthink. So <laughs> you need a shirt that says "I overthink my face." Yeah, I, I don't even know if that's a thing now, but there you go. It's a Pe- thing now. People keep asking me to do a, a. I think I just joined a cult shirt, so I think we're probably going to put one of those together, <laughs> and maybe we'll donate the proceeds to uh, one of the charities or something. I'll have to get that that clearance. But Goldberg announced for SmackDown. Coincidence that he decides to show up after. NXT talent is told to not call out main roster talent. I don't think so. He fears Matt Riddle. He's afraid of Matt Riddle. I I don't even have anything to say on that. I've been reading what everybody's been posting on social media, and I just see it as something to talk about, something to dream about. Yeah, uh, SmackDown's not been hot lately, so you know what? I'm cool with Goldberg showing up, probably going to face... Corbin or something. That's not me reporting it. It's just what I think will happen. It's what I Who think knows? will happen. Maybe it'll lead to something with Roman Reigns or something. Man. 
Uh, FightfulSelect.com, guys, that's the most direct way to support us. Uh, I dropped that Q&A show this past weekend, Alex's Sour Graps. If you're looking for 205 Live, NXT UK, NWA, Beyond coverage, Stephen Jensen does that in the Weekender podcast every single week, and we dropped a retro review. Maybe maybe our most recent one yet. It was NXT Arrival 2014. Uh, it was a really great watch. Emma versus Paige. Bo Dallas versus Neville in a ladder match. There's a lot of cool stuff on that show. I've got the Backstage Report podcast. Every single Monday, I do that show where I give you all about 25 to 30 minutes of exclusive backstage news that you're not going to get anywhere else. Stats, contracts, uh, injury updates, a lot of that. Uh, I fill in a lot of gaps on that show, so to speak. So uh, check out FightfulSelect.com. Subscribe today. I'm posting a ton of new uh, news this week as well. Throwback sends another $50 because... I'm having this man manage my finances. That's just what's going to happen because whatever he's done is working for him. He says, hopefully Sasha comes back by SummerSlam and Riddle versus Goldberg uh, should be at Super Showdown. I wish they'd do Riddle versus Goldberg. That's a, That should be a WrestleMania match, I think. I think that would have everybody talking and everybody just like reeking with excitement. And Riddle should win. Riddle should be the guy going over. That's just how it should be. If they really had Goldberg beat him, oh, that'd be so stinky. As far as Sasha being back by SummerSlam, I do not know when she's set back, but she hasn't been cleared. She's been not cleared for about a month ever since she... I don't want to blame it on the Dana Brooke swanton bomb, but she hasn't been cleared since that match. That's that's a rough go of it, but... Yeah, I hope she's back way before that, Denise. That, that's that's a rough go. Man, she's she's hurt a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been consistent throughout the years, which is unfortunate. Hannah Moore says Roman Reigns did mock uh Goldberg on Twitter the other day for headbutting stuff the other day, so who knows. Did you see that? I didn't see that. He said something was stupid but not as stupid as headbutting a door before you go out for your match. Now, when he did that ahead of the Undertaker match, Everybody backstage thought he was concussed, and maybe he was, but there were a lot of people that were like, that was so stupid, that was so dumb. Uh, there were a lot of people that were mad about that backstage, because somebody could have got hurt real yeah. bad, real bad. It's just, I can't believe you, you would think that headbutting a door would be a good idea. Now I get it, he did that dumb shit in the 90s and all that stuff. We know a lot more now, Denise, than what we did back then. I feel like we see a lot of that still, though. And yeah. I think that while some people prefer for, you know, to do things the safe route and I'm t all for that, it's like everybody has like their prerogative. You know, some people want to still take unprotected chair shots. Dang, like. I prefer yeah. you not to, but some people still choose to go that route. I'm sorry. If I'm backstage and I'm working a match and I see some, or I hear about somebody headbutting a door and then I see them loopy and bleeding. Now, obviously yeah. Undertaker couldn't have known that then, but I ain't working the match. That match ain't worth me being possibly paralyzed. And, it's uh, not. but uh, yeah, Goldberg is always so just, I don't want to say defensive or sensitive, but he kind of is. It seems like him and Brock don't understand the money that there is in a Matt Riddle match because, I don't know, maybe they don't watch as much UFC as you would think, but the guy was a good fighter. And maybe I'm a little bit biased in that sense because I worked with Matt for a long time. And quite frankly, his comments about Goldberg and, and Lesnar started on this podcast. It started on the Fightful podcast. And I just know how much he's put into it and how he's angled for this for a long time. And it's it's causing a little bit of change in NXT. But Denise, what do you got going on this week? All right, uh, this week I have an interview on Saturday. Hopefully, if all goes well, we'll have an I'll have an interview up with Scorpio Sky. Oh, so nice! Fingers crossed that that goes well. And if it does, it'll be up by Saturday night or Sunday. Um, and that's pretty much what I have going on this week. A few other stuff that are still pending. And uh, you you guys can follow me on YouTube.com/slash Denise Salcedo. I'm planning on posting more videos. I was sick this weekend, so things kind of fell apart. But now I'm healing, and things are getting back together. Guys, do me a favor, tap the bell, get notifications. YouTube has throttled us a bit since the WWE DAZN fake copyright stuff, but 
Uh, you all turned out a lot last week. The John Moxley interview, our most downloaded, uh, sit down interview that we've ever done, excluding some podcasts and some quick, uh, quick hits, so to speak. So hit that bell notification for notifications. Subscribe. Leave us a thumbs up. Thank you all so much. We are back Wednesday with the list and your boy, Wednesday Night War. Thursday is the distraction podcast. Friday for SmackDown. Till next time, we're out. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.